This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50, where we talk about things that a lot of people may not be talking about, open new ideas and doors for us to get information to age better so that we can enjoy all the years we have left, not just get through them. Today, my guest is Jennifer Herrera, and she is an energy worker, among other things, formerly a real estate agent. And we're going to talk about that transition. So Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. Super excited to be here. Happy to have you here. So you have been practicing, I'm going to say the healing arts, including heart math for over 10 years, body work as well. And you went to the Arts of Energetic Healing School. You're a Reiki master and a certified coach through HeartMath. HeartMath is one of my favorite organizations for the lay person to learn about the energetic connection between us all and the energy of the heart and the power of the heart for healing, not just our bodies and taking care of our heart, but healing the world, really, right. because of that connection that we have. So tell us about that little transition from being a real estate agent to currently being more at peace in your life and doing the things you do. Okay. So it's, oh, it's kind of a long story. Okay. Well, you can make it short. Working in the real estate office. And I had worked always in an office. And I remember just kind of every time I'd be in the office, when I had a spare minute, I was surfing the net, just working out how I was going to get to the gym that day. No matter what I did, like that was the one part of my life. I always had to get to the gym. And I had this dream of like just working in, in fitness and wellness somehow and getting, you know, just being in an office did not suit me. Mm-hmm. Just stress and, and sitting down all day. So at some point later on, I ended up going through a divorce. And at that point, I thought to myself, you know, everyone kind of says how they always want to change their life or do something different. And at that point, I thought like, I'm just going to do it. And my very first thing that I did was actually a Pilates certification, which I still teach. Um, and I still enjoy teaching. I'm doing a few classes in the city during the week. And my friends were just like, so you're going to teach Pilates now? How's that going to work? <laughs> and I thought like, I don't know, I'll just learn about it. And maybe I'll get like some kind of office job, like working behind the scenes. But I went through all the trouble to get the cert. I had to get up and teach in front of people, which I was not used to doing at all. And I thought I'll just teach so that I really know how to do it. And I ended up creating this nice little Pilates business for myself, teaching at gyms and private clients and all that stuff. And one day, this was kind of like the first segue into the energy work. I was working on a client and I was doing body work and kind of like stretching her. And she said, you know, you have a really great touch. You should, you should do a, like a Reiki certification. I didn't really know what Reiki even was at that point. But in my mind, I found like a quick, like over the weekend, my first Reiki certification was a long weekend. I signed up for it, not really even knowing what I was getting into. I thought, oh, I, I knew a little bit about energy work. And I 
I showed up. There were a bunch of people there. Everybody's talking about energy and their feelings. And I, at that point, I was really, unless I knew somebody well, kind of reserved with sharing so much. But it, you know, they said it doesn't matter if you believe it or you don't believe it, it's going to set you down this path. And it really did. It really did. A little while later, I ended up having an illness. And I think that's always like when nothing's working in the, in the medical field, that's always the push to let's yeah. see what else is out there. And that kind of brought me to it. So I barely knew what the chakras were. Do you know what the chakras are? Like the I do. Why don't you tell the audience? I barely knew what they the were. The chakras. I, had, I had gone to yoga classes. I had heard people talk about the chakras. But this little voice inside was like, you know, you need to get a book on the chakras. So I did it. And I started reading about it. And the issue that I had went away. I'd been to doctors. They couldn't help me. And I thought, okay, I could tell somebody this and they'll be like, oh, that's just like all in your head. But it worked for me. So I'm like, if it's all in my head, but it works for me, this is great. So what else can we do with this energy work? (laughs) And that's when I really like, that's what really pulled me in when my health started to change and like my attitude and looking at everything and seeing so many positive changes between like friends and family and I never went back to the office. (laughs) Good for you. I just want to backtrack for people that don't know what chakras are. They may have heard chakras, their energy centers. Explain a little bit about how knowing them is one thing, but how do you use your chakras? So whether you use them or not, they're there, right? They're just different. There are seven main chakras, different points in the body. So depending what's going on, you know, if it's the stomach issue, you would say like it's solar plexus chakra. If you're getting headaches, you might say it's like your third eye chakra, like wherever it's connecting in the body. If you're having arm pain, it would be connected to your heart chakra. So these energy centers kind of govern, it's almost an energetic anatomy. Just like you have like the muscles and the bones and like, that's the basic, most basic definition. Right. And so when we get, so let's just say a pain in the center of our body around our heart could be that the energy of that chakra is blocked. Is that correct? Yes. And, and I don't like to say blocked because I I like to think like energy is always constantly moving. Right. Right. So, but maybe it's slowed down or maybe there's something there that we need to look at. And, and the other thing that's important for me is I never want people to think that I'm thinking, Oh, your pain's not real. Like the symptoms are real, 100%. We, I go through things, everybody. But I think that when you know about the chakras, then you start to look inward a little bit and say, well, what else? And that kind of goes to holistic healing. Like what else is happening in my life that could be affecting me right now, mm-hmm. right? And I'll say to women, like if I'm working on clients, they're like, oh, I have a lot of neck pain or my shoulders hurt. And I'm like, are you doing a lot at home? Do you feel like you're carrying this load? And they're, you know, yeah, I feel that way. And it's just, oh, kind of funny, is it? (laughs) (laughs) And then Reiki healing is moving energy. Right. So, so Reiki, and for just for people that don't know, if you cut the definition into like Ray, which is spiritual wisdom and Ki, which is energy. So it's, it's putting those things together. I think a like a big misconception with Reiki is that people will say to me, oh, you're a Reiki healer. Like, so you put energy into people or like, how do you not take the bad energy? And it doesn't work that way for me anyway. 
if I have a client, they'll lay down with me and I'll kind of hold their head. I'll put them in a state of relaxation. I might like, you know, just put some uh, still point pressure points on the body. Once they're in a relaxed state and the energy just starts to flow, I would say it's more for me and the client, a shared energy. And I'm supporting their energy field, not doing anything to them. I'm just bringing them into a space where they're able to do for themselves, right? And they'll come out and be like, oh, you're such a healer. And I'm like, no, you're such a healer, Yeah, right? I just helped you get into the space that you needed to get into to do it. So I say it's like tuning a piano, right? Like they play the music and I'm just there to tune the piano. Yeah, and that's a great distinction for people that, that have maybe never been to a healer that name is probably misrepresentational of what actually happens. Now there are a lot, some people out there will take a lot of money saying, I will heal you. Right. Never mind the Western medical model. But it is a matter of the returning the body to its natural state, which is a state of homeostasis and wellness and wholeness. Right. Right. And and the thing is that everything is already there. Yeah. We just get so distracted and so busy that we don't take the pause. And that's one of the things that that I learned at HeartMath, that's, that's really anyone I, that's listening right now can benefit from that. It's just so simple. When I started to study with HeartMath, I thought, oh, these concepts are like really basic, but that's all you need. And they're not that basic when you start to delve into them, right? But just the simplicity of like, let's just pause for a moment, take a deep breath, think about something to be grateful for. And it starts from there. And it re- it's just always coming back to that heart center. Yeah. And I know the heart center, that phrase may trigger um, anti-woo sentiments in some people, but (laughs) this is since humanity has been recording change in the body and the spirit and energy and all those things, which they have every single, you know, cave drawing has some aspect of the energy in a human body. And it's usually focused on the heart. The center of our being is in so many cultures represented by the heart muscle itself. and. Heart math has done a great job of bringing again to the lay people how that energy center is affecting our experience of life, right? So our energy is being sent out into the world. And we if we take that pause, take a deep breath, it will emanate a more positive energy. And also we can take in other people's energy. Like you were saying before, you don't take somebody's energy when you're doing a Reiki session. But if we are not careful, other people's energy can negatively impact us and our heart center is then not able to be as great. So a couple of things there. The first thing is like so important to me. One of the things that really drew me to heart math was that when you're talking about the concept that a lot of people in their mind will think like, oh, energy work, you know, I can't touch this. I can't like see it. What is this? They do so many, like if you go on their website, they do so many studies, scientific studies. And I really love that. I already know that it's there, but for somebody that's skeptical, it will give you scientific study that shows like this will calm your nervous system. You will be healthier. They actually have some studies they did because there is a lot of thought that you think something and then you start to feel it, but they call it from the from the ground up that you feel something and then now that's controlling your thought mm. and they have like people hooked up to machines and like scientifically they're doing these incredible studies even with meditation 
that's another one that kind of people are like, oh, I can't meditate. It shows that it slows your brain waves. And when it does that for me, that's like, okay, I vacuumed the apartment. Like now it's like I had all these thoughts going through my head. And it, it's not that you have to stop thinking when you're meditating, but you just pause for a moment and everything just kind of melts away a little bit. Even if it doesn't melt away, like you can't judge every meditation, even if it doesn't melt away, like at least you rested for a few moments or you took that pause. And that's where it starts. Yeah. And I think we are, as a culture, I'm sure it's global, used to being on. Oh my gosh. We don't even appreciate a pause, how significant that can be. So be on, be type A, be whatever it is that your personality and your life calls you to be. And incorporate a little bit of this breathe, stop, meditate for a minute. I had a, a client years ago, and I don't know, one day she contacted me. She said, I'm going to start meditating. I said, great. How, what, what's the program? And she said, a minute a day. And I rolled my eyes in my head. I was like, oh, great. Well, that's a place to start. What is your goal? She did a minute a day. And yep. she did a minute a day for about six months. And then she started to really like it. Mm-hmm. And she laid that on the floor. And then one day somebody judged her like, oh, you're supposed to be sitting up. You're switched. I said, no, just do whatever works for you. Right. So is that the case? You should meditate in a way that's comfortable for your body. So there are lots of different teachers that I've worked with and I have different schools of thought. And then you have to decide for yourself what's going to work. It's funny you brought this up because I have a friend that is starting to meditate now. And it's the same thing. Like I will get her to come with me to a formal meditation class once a week. And every week I'm like, so did you meditate? I didn't have time. I encourage what you said, two minutes, you have two minutes to sit down and it's just to get the habit going. Yeah. And once you get the habit going, that's it. Then it's, it's placed. And I was taught in some, by some teachers, like sit up straight because all your chakras are aligned. Right. Also that you need to like not fall asleep that you, I was taught from other teachers, you need to be comfortable. And that's one thing that I've adopted because I feel like if you're not comfortable, then you're definitely not going to start to relax mentally. You're just focusing on my back hurts, my legs hurt. So that for me, it, it works for me. Also, there's this thought that falling asleep is bad. And there's this thought that falling asleep, if that's what happened, then that's what your body needed to rest. And whatever happened was what was supposed to happen. And you shouldn't judge it. You should just you know, be glad for the time that you got to rest. You fell asleep, doesn't matter. You still meditated. <laughs> glad you said that because there is, like so many other things, there's judgment around what's right and what's wrong. And I think, and especially mm-hmm. for people over 50, 60, 70, as our bodies are no longer all that comfortable, maybe sitting on a hard floor or sitting in a straight back chair completely, you know, some people just can't do it. Their knees hurt, whatever. So find a place, like you said, that's comfortable for you. Yeah. And, and I also think like being over 50, like this is the time, if you haven't started meditating, like now's the time to really start. It just gives you those couple of minutes. It just gives you, it's like a reset button and we need to reset. So let's talk about how we, speaking of judgment, how we judge ourselves, how we talk to ourselves is that, you know, I've had other, other guests, we've talked before about, you know, the mean girl and shame, but this is a little bit, this is more like the everyday kind of how we talk about ourselves or our lifestyle choice. Right. So what I tell my clients when I'm working with them is I'll notice, sure, we are all sort of guilty of talking ourselves in not the nicest way from time to time. And that's, 
in a sense, it can be useful because it gets us to work and it gets us to get things done that we want to, we achieve our goals that way. But at the same time, I think we need to take time and like celebrate at the end of each day. What did I do that was great today? And I have often come to the end of my day like, well, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And and this is what's going through my head. And it wires you for stress. And instead say like, oh, you know what I did really well today? And then you're more inspired to keep going. Mm -hmm. I think that that's part of it. I think also mindset can come into spirituality, just like mind, body, everything kind of laps and is connected. It's the same thing. Learning to talk to yourself is like going to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. So if I go to the gym like on Monday, once a month, I'm not going to have the body that I want. You have to go every, not every day, but, you know, I try to move my body in some way a few times a week. And it's the same in here. Like it's habitual. And the more you say, hey, this is what I did right today. I saw something on Instagram and it had asked a series of questions. I thought it was great. It's like, name something that you really like about yourself. Like what's one quality, you know? And it it had all these uplifting questions reflecting back on who you are. And a lot of it's just like asking the right questions of ourselves and not the wrong ones. But I'd say, you know, like mind is muscle. You got to keep lifting that weight until it becomes more natural. And, And some of the practical things I'll do Like if I wake up in the morning, I've trained my son kind of to do this as well. We wake up in the morning. What's three things that we're grateful for? And they don't have to be these life altering things, but you could just say like, oh my God, this cup of coffee is so delicious. And you just start to extract joy from really simple things instead of thinking like you need all of this stuff that you don't need. I'm healthy. I'm walking around. I'm, you know, this is a great thing to be grateful for. We're together. We have food. Heart math does a lot of gratitude exercises and that's super important. So that's, that's one like exercise that's practical. Get up in the morning, three things you're grateful for. I mean, so there's perspective. The other thing is just realizing, and especially like in the past year, when we were just talking about taking pauses, what I was thinking in my mind, like we were all forced to take a big pause. Yes. Every, and what I've seen from the people around me that were the most like wired to do madness all day long is that they don't want that life back at yep. all. Very They've true. really changed. And it was, it probably never would have changed if it wasn't forced, but mm-hmm. you know, it led me to, I'm doing a, a course with uh, Chopra right now. Yeah. And like, it just, it led me to do things that I was like, Oh, I don't have the time. Uh, you know, well, you have the time now. Now you have the time. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. There have been a lot of articles written about how people are saying we can't find anybody to hire because of the extra unemployment, when in fact, there are so many factors that factor in. But one of the main things is a lot of people have decided they don't want to go back to that job, to that commute, to that stress. Mm -hmm. Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah. They're doing a hashtag now. So they're calling this, uh, this exact topic, the great resignation, which I think is really interesting. Uh, yeah. like people are just really thinking about. So, okay. That, I'm, I'm like, I went off the track, but thinking about mindset. Another thing is, especially with the past year, everything that happened, think about the ocean. And I say, look at it from the shore. Because when we look at it, what we're in immediately around us and we don't kind of zoom out, then it's easy to like the tide's taking me this way, the undertow is pulling me under. 
and it's better to kind of have a mental surfboard. (laughs) Okay. And I know another wave's coming and I'm looking at it from the shore and I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to do my best to like ride that wave because like I said earlier, energy is always in motion. So it's going to go up and down, up and down, or the next wave is going to come and crash. And so when you think things are going great, you know, to be able to pull away and say, okay, this is cyclical, it's going to pass. And then there'll be something else. Yeah. <laughs> help us grow. Exactly. And if we're doing the gratitude thing, no matter how bad something gets, and I realize there are sometimes you can't immediately just pull yourself up and say, oh, let me just be okay about somebody dying because we all lost right. much in the last year. But the idea that being prepared, knowing something's going to come, and if you're, if you're headed down a road where you see something up ahead that doesn't look so great, like oh my gosh, lots of people couldn't pay their rent for a while or didn't have enough food or maybe a client, you know, canceled at the last minute. Are we prepared for those things to happen or we wait until we get smacked by it? No, we try to prepare as best we can because they're going to happen. Yeah. And you know that, I mean, there are things that happen that are just so difficult. And I think it's important that, right. I'm never want to tell people like, oh, just get back up and take your time process what's going on. And then you have these tools like when you're ready. Exactly. And I think it's important to, we schedule so much into our lives. This is something else I was working on with someone. And we were talking about how you schedule so much into your life, like work-wise. And I've got chores to do around the house and I have to take the kids back and forth. But did you schedule a fun time? Yeah. Leisure time, time to do something that like an activity, a hobby. But we don't do that. And if then it becomes a side thing. Mm-hmm. And no matter what's happening, it's, I think it's important to try and incorporate a little fun into your day. Oh, yeah. Even when you're not feeling like it, right? Because it just kind of like pulls you out of the funk. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, was, I wrote an article for um, my other businesses, copywriting and marketing. And it was about bad stock photography. <laughs> And in my research, I discovered a couple of, there's a subreddit called crappy stock photography and the pictures are hilarious. Then there's another one where people that have, let's just say somebody's a dentist. It's something like stupid stock photography of my job. So people would post it and then a comment underneath. Girl, I laugh. I couldn't even write for about half an hour. That sounds hilarious. It was good for me because I'm like, research, research. I got to get this done and get it to my VA. And then I found that I was like, all right, I'm just going down this rabbit hole because I need this break, you know? Yeah. Or if something comes up, like maybe we didn't schedule a thing to be fun. Maybe somebody calls and says, it's so hot out. I need to go get ice cream. Will you come with me? Say, oh, just do something. You know, I think spontaneity has also gone out the window in many of our lives because we schedule so much or because it's COVID or because, you know. It's funny. One of the things that I've learned during meditation, they always bring up this concept. And I don't think I understood it like until it started to sink. It took a while to sink in but they're always talking about life's unfolding. Mm. And by my nature, I'm a very big planner, right? I like, I'm like, okay, we're doing this at this time. But to learn to just let go, it's just such a gift to say like, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with, with my son today. We're going to go to the craft store. Pit. And then you're at the craft store, just looking at ridiculous things, like you said. And like, this has nothing to do with like the, the end goal. But just to not rush him out and just enjoy the silliness of that moment. 
and just say like, wow, you know, I'm having more fun here than like when I went to Disney and I, and I spent all the money on the trip and like, here we are in like CVS, you know, looking at masks or something. I don't know. I like the Halloween masks. (laughs) I like the idea of the unfolding versus me unwrapping it, right? I I was a kid who unwrapped things intentionally. I wasn't like a ripper or terror, but Mm -hmm. the opposite of, letting life unfold is making life happen the way I think it should. And that unfolding requires surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think surrender is very hard for a lot of people, including oh, myself. Yeah. Although I've been learning to do it over the, you get old enough, you're going to learn to surrender because there's no choice, you know? Well, and I think one of the things that's great about like the, the 50 plus mark is like you kind of cross and then you're like, well, you start to regard energy as like currency. Absolutely. I can't waste my time being upset about X, Y, and Z being angry. It's like, I'm too old for that. I just need to be happy and like love the people around me. And I think that's really important for like the older you get to be able to, you know, if I see someone and I see they're like upset about something, I'm thinking that's just, it's a way. Yeah. And it depletes them. Right. That's the other thing, like the, you know, if you're just like happy and loving it, it fills you up. Yeah. And like you said, that affects the energy of the people around you. Absolutely. And energy is currency. And at a certain age, at every age, I mean, I think if I could really tap back into like, let's say 20 to 35, Mm -hmm. I was was working on my feet. It was hot, you know, but I was doing it. I didn't ever think about the energy because it was seemed to be endless. Right. And, you know, into my 40s, I was like, I don't want to do this every day anymore. Now I cook occasionally for people, but if I had to do it every day, so I need to preserve the energy I have been given. And, you know, it's not like I'm sitting around on the couch all day, but like you said, energy, emotional energy also depletes what I can do physically. I find that if I work a lot at the computer, I get mentally tired and that makes me not maybe not want to get on my bike later or maybe, you know, so it's a, it really is being aware of our energetic state at any age, truly, but then preserving that energy, using it wisely. Right. And it can, like you said, it can snowball in every direction, right? (laughs) Like you're on the computer, now you're tired. And like, now you just don't want to do the workout and you're just going to feel like more tired later. And that's also where that inner voice talking to yourself and inner wisdom is I'm one of those people that have I always feel like I need to go to the gym. This is not a question, right? It's like, you have to go to the gym. You have to do your workout. But every once in a while, that voice is like, take the day off. And then learning to listen to that voice over what you think you should be doing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's super important too. Just like finding the balance, I guess. Right. And also knowing what's inner wisdom and what's inner lazy girl. (laughs) And her lazy girl should have her moment too. I'm not saying not. Um, it's okay to be lazy sometimes. But if we find ourselves letting ourselves off day after day, we, you know, then it becomes, it, it adds up. Yeah. And one thing I, I'll share that's really interesting is that as like living in New York City during when everything shut down last year, I said it felt so dramatic because you know, if you're in a house or you're in a yard, you might not see it so abruptly, but to have all the shops closed and all the restaurants closed and it felt like Sunday night, like all of the time was really strange. 
then you sort of got used to it. And now all of a sudden everything's opening back up, like with a vengeance almost. Yeah. And I said, is it that it was this busy before and I didn't even notice? Interesting. Now it's like, it seems 10 times busier. And I think a lot of people, not just myself, but we're feeling kind of overwhelmed because all of a sudden there are many, many, weren't used to seeing anybody. There are many people around, especially in New York City. And you're getting on the subway. You had the whole train to yourself before. Yeah. Now it's like starting to fill up again. And a couple of times I said to myself, like, I just need to go in my apartment, take the day off. But, and that's okay. Like to understand that your system is going into shock because there's so much happening so quickly all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, it's like you said, you have to face the world. You have to get back up onto the beat, but you have to also know like when you need a break and respect that and not feel guilty about it. Right. Yeah. Guilt doesn't do us any good. So do you have a favorite book? I have a book. I'm actually, I'm going to show it to you because it is so, the cover fell off. I had to tape it back on. You can oh see goodness. it's like it's completely like dog-eared. I do have a book. It's called Frequency. The power of personal vibration. Mm. And one of the things, my, I guess my big hobby is yes, I love energetics, but I love when I see the science to back it up. Yes, me too. And this talks about, so if you think about energy, and we talked about ocean waves, if you think about radio waves, like frequency waves, so we're just all swimming in a sea of energy. And that's what the book touches upon. And like you said, so, sh- so part of the premise of the book is that. We all have our own comfortable field of energy. But then when you're thrown out into the world and you start interacting with everyone, now you have to reset your thermostat to like kind of everyone has to adjust to everyone else's energy. And it's a beautiful look at energy work, a beautiful look at science and a beautiful look at what I said before, like the cycles. So you just start to, it pulled me away and it made me see like, okay, when you think things are so bad, they're going to change. When you think things are so great, like you said, prepare, they will also change, right? And to not get so attached to each moment, but just kind of like ride it out either way. Yeah. I like that. And the interesting thing is if we're here talking, we've all been writing it out, right? Even listeners, right? We've all written things that we didn't realize until after we, oh my gosh, that was a stressful time or that was a great time when we just thought it was, you know, so we're already doing it. I guess the idea is to be, get mindful of it and be a little bit more prepared for those. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's, it's interesting too, because like a lot of times what you said is I'll have clients and we'll talk about that. And they don't, you don't even process something difficult that you went until after the fact. And yeah. at the time you're just kind of in survival mode, just yes. getting through it. Yes. And then the time passes and you look back and you're like, wow. And I'm, then you see how it's still affecting you. Yes, there's that residual. Uh-huh. That's why we have to work with energy people. <laughs> no, truly, sometimes we need the energy, I would say, adjusted, moved, put into a place where it can move itself, whatever it is. But for people who have never experienced energy work or body work that comes from an energy, like a cranial sacral worker, I would say have a session with somebody. If you feel like there's something stuck or... I know my divorce was 10 years ago, but there's this piece of me that yes, you know, yes. I, mean, I have had, whether it's a physical illness, I was telling you when I was about to go on stage and speak, or whether there was just this lingering feeling after somebody died, you know, two or three years later, I have had Reiki sessions and they have been absolutely liberating, amazing. 
and yeah. also feel really delicious. Like when you come awake, fully awake out of whatever state your brain goes to, it really is like you've been washed by the sea. And right. We call that being blissed out. Oh, it's totally blissful. Yeah, yeah. So I encourage anybody who's thinking about it, um, get in touch with Jennifer. What's your website? Remind me of the name. So it's uh, seaandstonewellness.com. So sea like the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And you can do remote work with people or do you have to be in a room with them? No, I, I, I do both. Yeah. So we can definitely connect in person if they're in New York City. But if not, virtual is great. I can do that. Yeah. And That's- I'm... Uh, also on Instagram, same thing, Sea and Stone Wellness or LinkedIn. You just put in my name, Jennifer Herrera. You can find me there. Okay, great. Well, this has been a really blissful conversation <laughs> about energy and an introduction for some people to energy. So I thank you. And I would ask before we go, do you have a quote you want to leave our listeners with? Oh my gosh, I do have a quote. So uh, you're familiar with Joseph Campbell? Of course. The hero's okay, so um, this is one of my favorites. I'm going to read it to you. It says, A bit of advice given to a young Native American at the time of his initiation or her initiation. As you go the way of life, you will see a great chasm. Jump. It is not as wide as you think. And that, I think, has stayed with me over the years for a bunch of reasons. But, you know, I think it's about just not being afraid to take the next step. Something Mm -hmm. will catch you. and just going for it. I love it. Jennifer, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Good. Great. Thank you. And listeners, we'll be back next week with another episode. So do join us then. Take care, everybody. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you've heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time. And stay that way.